It's Your Natural Dog with Angela Ardolino. And today my guest is Dr. Lisa Mason. She is the founder and managing veterinarian for Florida Veterinary Rehabilitation. And the reason I know her is she is the rehabilitation vet who worked on Nina. Uh, Let's see, this is about six months ago when she had her follow-up for osteosarcoma, where we saw that she still had no metastasis for her cancer. And she had injured her good leg. And Dr. Lisa Mason was awesome and fit Nina in and did a sound wave therapy to speed up the healing for Nina. And then we just happened to chat. And I think we got stuck in the parking lot for an hour talking about medical cannabis and how it saved, uh, saved, I say it saved me and all my animals, but how it helped her and, um, and how she uses it in her practice and such a big believer in it also. So Of course, I had to have her on my podcast. So we're going to talk about all of that good stuff. Stay tuned. And I'm here with Dr. Lisa Mason, and she is a badass vet that I met by happenstance, and I'm so happy that I did, and it's been forever since I've seen you and wanted to get you on my podcast because, of course, it's the time of the pandemic, and I met you because my Doberman Nina, who has osteosarcoma, Um, Her vet is next door to you, and we were considering her for amputation of the leg, the tumor leg, and our vet, my vet, said, I think you need to go next door and see Dr. Lisa Mason, who, to get a second opinion, and because she's had so much experience, and that's when I had the ultimate pleasure of meeting you, and we talked a lot in the parking lot, (laughs) and I think that what was so wonderful is that you had... Um, an experience with medical cannabis, just like I did, where it helped us, which helped us open our eyes to see, okay, let's, let me learn a little bit more about this wonderful plant. Because just like me, you believe in plant medicine. You're trained in Chinese medicine. You had also have had an osteosarcoma case that you treated with Chinese medicine, um, which I want to talk about. Don't forget about it. But first, Hello. Thank you finally for being on my show. And would you share, because that story has stuck with me. I'm a bird lover, as my listeners know. I know you're a big time bird lover, but tell us what happened to you and how cannabis kind of helped you and being a veterinarian helped you and opened your eyes. Awesome. Thanks, Angela, for having me. I'm very excited about this. Um, yes, our parking lot conversation was very good. Um, <laughs> I, I walked away from that saying, wow, she's a wonderful woman and she's touching lots of lives. So oh, thank you. Um, thank you for having me. Um, so yeah, my story six years ago, I managed to acquire a bird virus as far as what we can tell. And I ended up in the hospital numerous times with severe headaches, 20 out of 10 pain, couldn't wow. walk, couldn't see. I was constantly vomiting. It was awful. It was really awful. And finally, I went to University of Florida, Shands Hospital, and they diagnosed me with uh, basically inflammation within my cerebellum and my brain, um, which was affecting my gait. And my brain was starting to herniate due to the amount of pressure. And they had to use a bunch of steroids and they eventually got the swelling down. But their follow-up option was there you go. And I was like, wait a minute, but I'm lost and I can't move very well. And 
I still like can't get my senses about me and very similar to how people even these days are talking about long COVID. It was like I couldn't get over the fatigue. I still couldn't eat without becoming very nauseous. Um, I was having heightened senses of anxiety. And I also had been on pharmaceuticals for 15 years for anxiety and depression, and I no longer could take those. And so I was completely stopped on those. I was like, I'm off of anything hormonal or anything in my system because we don't know what caused this and why I had such a reaction. And at that time was right when um, actual cannabis was being legalized in the state of Florida for medical use. And I went and saw a doctor and I said, how can I manage this easier? I can't get my wits about me. And she told me, she said, why don't you try and start with CBD and see if in medical grade CBD, like not the gas station CBD. And, and she said, you know, let's see if this can help you to get your wits about you and to help your anxiety lessen. And I started using CBD throughout the entire day. And I noticed a huge difference. If I didn't have it, I knew like my anxiety would start creeping up and I was not able to function, you know, and on top of that, I did a lot of other things to acupuncture and my own physical therapy and chiropractic to kind of get into a different, you know, headspace, if you will. Everything you know to do for an animal, you did yes. for yourself. I love exactly. that. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it, it took me a minute to say, you know, I was like focused on what the neurologist was saying and and like, take this drug, take that drug. We think this could come back. And so you need to take this. And I was like, I don't want to take this. I, this is not how I treat my patients. This is not what I do. And I took a step back and I had an amazing acupuncturist who helped me with like nutraceuticals and my diet. And we really focused on trying to get that brain health. And, you know, I would say at, by six months, I felt better. By a year, I was like, wow, I was really bad. And I realized how bad I actually was because my new normal was so much better and so much sharper. And I still to this day still lean on CBD for help with anxiety and depression if those things come up and diet and exercise, which I push my patients to as well. You know, my my patients, it's it's all about the proper nutrition, the proper exercise regimen, and then adding things on top of that are, that are more natural when indicated. Yes, we can reach for pharmaceuticals in the time of need. God forbid know where I was if I didn't have steroids at that point. Right. You know, I could be completely dead at this point. But it was not something for me to, I didn't want to be on meds. Like, I mean, I can't tell you how many meds they were handing me. At one point they were like, take these five things and let's see if this works. And I just looked at them and I was like, no. Right. Good. I'm so, so glad. And I love your story because you've taken what you've learned and applied it to yourself. And I think that's what helps so many people understand. Like I get people that come in my store all the time and go, all of a sudden he can't eat what he's been eating. And he's been eating the same thing for eight years. And you're like, okay, well, if you're a certain age, you know that you can't keep on eating the same things. So when Mm -hmm. things happen to us, the same things happen to our animals. And I don't think people understand that. 
Thank you for sharing that story. It was um, amazing. And as my listeners know, I went through the same thing. I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis, had the stress and anxiety. And not only did I get rid of all my joint pain, but my stress and anxiety levels went down. And I, you know, was like, I don't understand why this isn't available for everyone. And now Mm -hmm. it is, thank goodness, you know, five years later. (laughs) You've also had some amazing success treating dogs, especially with cancer using Chinese medicine, acupuncture, chiropractic. Tell me, I know you had one case, your most successful case. I would love to hear more about that. Nina is still thriving. Wonderful. I think that we are going to have to visit again because, of course, the tumor is still growing, Mm -hmm. but she is still running around like a maniac. Yeah. Yeah. So at some point, you know, I have to do something about that. But share your story about your great success. Yeah, so this was a patient that was a a Mastiff Rottweiler cross, and he presented to me actually initially for another injury, was slowing down in the back end, and actually got out of the car on his first treatment day, so this was beyond his initial visit, and was just screaming in pain in his wrist, and the x-ray revealed that he had osteosarcoma, and So historically, the treatment choice is to amputate and then perform chemo, radiation, you know, kind of a variety of different thoughts on that. But the thought is, if you do that, you're going to get six to 12 months of life after that amputation. So the very first thing that we do, and I do a lot of this, is evaluating the patient to say, well, can you be amputated? If they don't have three good legs to stand on, then my answer is always no. There's no reason to do that. I don't want six to 12 months of hell versus, you know, we can get maybe three, four months if we do do nothing, you know, after this. So I told her that that wasn't going to be an option. And um, the surgeon actually recommended, you know, let's let's brace it and you go back to Dr. Mason to do that. So she came back to me because I almost would have lost her at that point just because she was focused on, you know, going to see oncologists. This was the beginning of the pandemic. And so there was a whole slew of things that were kind of happening at the same time. And I told her, I said, let's try and let's just go ahead and start Chinese herbals. I said, I've got great success with these. Let's, if we're going to do it while, especially while you're just making your decisions, like let's just go ahead and get started. Then we do kind of a triple cocktail where we're boosting the immune system. We are doing a, I call it Chinese chemotherapy, which is breaking up the stasis. Um, It's called stasis breaker. And then you have a transporter. So wherever the issue may lie. So bone stasis would be the one that we used for this patient. And that triple cocktail is used very well. And then we put them on pain medications, whether it be, you know, a combination of using CBD with using maybe gabapentin, amantadine. And in this case, he got an injection of Zometa, which is basically an osteoclast inhibitor. And that actually can help with bone cancer pain. It's it's actually a drug that was used uh, originally for osteoporosis in women. Um, So that you can kind of give once every once in a while. It's a little expensive. It takes a big hit on the body, but his primary care vet did that for him. So when we'd have breakthrough pain, they would do that. In the meantime, what we did was we actually made the other legs feel better so he could manage all of himself. And his uh, he had 
uh, partial crochet tears. So we actually use Shockwave, which we used on Nina. Like you did, Nina. Um, yes, uh, to help with reducing pain. Which I don't know if you remember, originally, I'm trying to remember how long it was supposed to be till she repaired it. And yeah. then you did the sound wave therapy to her. And mm -hmm. literally, it was eight weeks and she was back. Yeah. I mean, I it's incredible how these things, when people don't understand all of these therapies, like if you go to your website and you look at your services, there's like 12 amazing services listed here that you didn't even know existed. Mm -hmm. All of these things help them speed up healing, become stronger. So Nina, for instance, couldn't, one of the reasons she couldn't get an amputation is because her other front leg had a tear and you helped speed that recovery. So thank you so much for that because I know that helps so much. So yeah. sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you about this one, but that's right. The other three legs, everything else yeah. is doing all the work. I mean, and honestly, that's what I'm usually treating to begin with. You know, a patient comes in with one injury and I'm treating like the other three legs and the back and everything, awesome. you know, and then letting the body heal. So that's essentially what the sound waves are doing, or they're just giving the body a little extra oomph to be able to heal that tissue because our bodies are amazing healers. So this patient actually ended up, he did very well. He stayed mobile. He, the tumor actually they went in every six months to get the uh, get it x-rayed and the vet called me and she goes um it's not growing uh what's going on here <laughs> you know and we actually took a, a lung x-ray a chest x-ray and no oh, maybe like small little met maybe i don't think it's you know it's not bad what actually ended up happening was he got a new tumor another type of cancer that actually started growing on his other leg that was the unfortunate wow, part crazy I know. And I, that one was actually out of control crazy, but. And was it another bone tumor? No, soft tissue, soft tissue wow. sarcomas, which are, are much more aggressive. Um, See them all the time. And, and in this case, and, and what actually happened is it blocked his lymphatics. So he just, his leg was so swollen, he couldn't walk. So Aww. we kind of, we lost the, the battle uh, 13 and a half months after we wow. started. Uh, yeah. Congratulations. So, so those of you who don't know, these are records. That's a record breaker. Of course, I'm breaking your record with your yeah, help. Yeah, you are. <laughs> <laughs> with your help. And of course, I would love to talk to you about what I can do about stopping the main tumor because we have no metastasis, but that damn main tumor is a monster. Right. But when we, uh, we need to take a short break, but when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about Nina and cancer. But I also want to let pet parents know how important what you do why it's so important because people don't understand how a dog who gets a simple injury and shifts their weight can really mess up all kinds of things and cause blockages and whatever. So it's really important. If we were to get injured, you know, if we were to break our leg and we were to go get a cast and get that cast off, we go to a physical therapist after that. We go to rehab to learn how to use that leg and this is what she does for animals, and it's so important. So we're going to talk more about that when we come back. If you're like us, your pets are part of the family. That's why at CBD Dog Health, we created a line of human-grade, full-spectrum hemp products tailored specifically to your furry friend's needs. Whether they're suffering from fear of fireworks, arthritis from old age, or even seizures and cancer, Research shows that a high-quality CBD oil can make a big difference for them. 
Enter coupon code RADIO at cbddoghealth.com for 15% off your first order. That's R-A-D-I-O. CBD Dog Health. Healing naturally. And we're back with Your Natural Dog with Dr. Lisa Mason, and she is a rehab vet, which I love. And people are probably going, what the hell's a rehab vet? Well, a (laughs) rehab vet is a vet who offers all those services to bring your dog back to normal, right? Is that kind of how you would say it? Yeah. A lot of you probably have seen, you know, dogs in wheelchairs or dogs doing the underwater therapy and those types of things along with acupuncture and chiropractic, but explain to us because there's such a need and so few of you. Yes. So I relate it to human medicine, uh, physical therapy, and uh, sports medicine. So a sports medicine physician. So basically, we call it canine rehabilitation therapy. And, you know, they come in, they see me, we diagnose the problem. Um, so maybe they have a torn cruciate, and they can't go to and surgery. Are they l- usually coming to see you because their dog has got an injury or is limping and they can't figure it out or a vet sends them to you? Yeah, either one. Um, Sometimes vets are like, ah, that's out of my RAM. Just send a go over to see Dr. Mason. She'll figure it out. Um, Some people are like, no, this is absolutely what it is. You need to go and do a $6,000 surgery. And they're like, I can't afford doing that. So they're like, let's do rehab. And let's see if we can, you know, maybe I had an experience with I tore my meniscus and I did physical therapy and I was fine. So let me go and seek out someone that can do something similar for me. So they see me and we create a game plan. So that might be we do acupuncture. It might mean we do laser therapy, which is light therapy to try and heal tissues. We may start them on pharmaceuticals or supplements that they need to to take. We may schedule to do a musculoskeletal ultrasound. Uh, We did that with Nina as well to kind of look at the tissues underlying to get an accurate diagnosis of what we're dealing with. Right, because with Nina, she was... I could tell she was in pain and I thought it was the tumor leg and it was actually her other leg because she tore something. So we needed to figure out that. And of course, I immediately thought, okay, cancer is spreading. It's gone to the other leg somehow or whatever. So I didn't even know why. So they give you the answer and then the treatment, which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So we're able to then provide this cool treatment plan. And, you know, it may be that We're injecting joints with platelet-rich plasma to increase the body's healing or we're using shockwave. So platelet-rich plasma is really cool because you take the dog's own blood and you spin it down at different rates and you're able to collect a large amount of platelets, which also carry growth factors. And the growth factors stimulate the body's own healing process. So instead of just saying, Here's a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory. It's going to take away the inflammation. Your dog's not going to be uncomfortable. It's not fixing anything. So, but when we put PRP in there, it's actually going to fix the tissue. So you may have an immediate like, oh, I feel so much better. And then they kind of maybe like don't do as well in the next couple of weeks because the body is repairing. But when you actually see the really nice improvement, it's like six weeks later, six months later even, that the body is continuing to heal and get better and get better, which is really nice because you're you're not putting in, you know, a pharmaceutical that's not uh, made out of their own body. And so um, there's really no side effects from it. And so people like that option. People like the the more natural option. 
Stem cells are another option to do that with too. I personally do not do stem cell right now at this moment. I did historically, but it requires general anesthesia. So most of my patients I want to do that on, they're not really fit to go under general anesthesia. You know, maybe they're older that have underlying diseases. So I like to do the PRP or the platelet-rich plasma instead because I don't have to do a full anesthesia for them. Right. You know, so that's nice. So I pair that, you know, I'll look and see what's wrong. You know, the uh, regular veterinarian may have taken some x-rays. We'll put all the, the details together. And then I'm able to go through and say, let's do a treatment plan to treat the injury. And then also maybe to treat the rest of the body. Like you said, sometimes the back goes out. So we need to do chiropractic care to try and get the whole body back in alignment. Maybe we need to strengthen. So maybe we put things back in alignment, but if we don't strengthen, we're not going to stay there. So we developed these really cool home exercise programs that we oh, engage awesome. the owners to like try and do different activities with the dogs. Now, I did see some videos, I think, on your site. Yeah. Of- simple exercises you were doing with, I think, a little old cavalier or something like that. I, and that's all also so important because you got to keep them moving. It's important to keep them moving. Exercise is so important, you know, and you know, my, my big thing is that I want them all to live to be to 15. But if you don't train to get there, if you're not working really hard, then you're going to be 15 and a couch potato or unable to get up and down. So the goal is to get started early. Um, I had this awesome client show up uh, last week with her German Shepherd dog. And she's like, he's still running. He's still doing all the things he's supposed to do. But he's 10. He's getting older. And I want to be proactive. And I'm like, awesome. yes, that's exactly yes. what I want. Yep. You want to be proactive, you know, and you want to get started. So what can you do proactive? Because if you've got a German Shepherd, it's going to happen. Yep. If you got a Dachshund, you got a wiener dog, it's going to happen. It's probably going to happen. Gonna happen. Rather than later. All right. <laughs> yeah. So these are things that, A, making sure they're not jumping up and down high off of things and doing things like that, but keeping them exercise, keeping yep. their joints going. What can they do yep. to be proactive? So the very first thing is weight control. We need to make sure that their body condition is appropriate. I'm going to interrupt you for just a moment. If you, yeah. If you're listening and you think, that, oh, my dog doesn't have any issues, that this doesn't pertain to you, you're most likely wrong. And this is why I'm going to tell you you're wrong. I have a groom shop, as you know, and I am super short staffed. So I have been the bather for the past month. And I would say 90% of the dogs that come in Mm -hmm. are all off balance one way or another. They're putting all of their weight on one side or in the back Mm -hmm. or in the front. Yep. Most of them nails. I could tell they're all walking crooked because this toe will be completely filed down and these three are overgrown or the other way around. And this yep. is, I'm telling you, 90% of the dogs that come into my shop. And we have two mm-hmm. shops and we see a whole bunch of dogs. Yeah. And then I would say 75% of the dogs are in pain, are in, mm-hmm. so, in some sort of pain and compensating from it. So I want you to look at your dog differently. I want you to evaluate they become senior citizens when they hit seven, eight, nine. Pay yeah. attention. So now tell us what can we yeah. do to be proactive and help our aging pets? Yeah. So again, that weight loss part is super key. I think a lot of us look at our dogs and think that they're okay, but they're probably on the little bit of the heavy side. 
If you're feeding your dog off the bag recommendations, especially at the high end, it's probably too much. So I like to work with your veterinarian or if you have a rehab vet, we love nutrition. So working on trying to get an ac an, a really good diet that's accurate for their body weight. Um, because not every metabolism is the same. You know, friends that can eat a Big Mac and they're totally fine the next day. If I ate that, nope, I would be in bed probably. I would not be able to handle that. So, yeah, um, yeah so it's different, you know, different people, different bodies, different dogs. So working with your vet on if they're overweight, if, you know, they need to be changed, if you need to change their diet. The second part of that is again, nutrition, but it's going to work in, I personally like to mix in some type of whole food. So whether it be that you're doing a topper, whether it's a protein topper that they can handle, now I'm not meaning do animal fats because you don't want to send them into pancreatitis, but doing something that's lean, um, that they can add a little extra protein. Fruits and veggies are really great, avoiding grapes. Grapes are not good. And trying to make sure that they're getting very natural things that are going to be a little bit more chock full of that nutrition that we want. Um, I think that's also very important. The third thing is keep them moving. So even if you say, oh, well, they just are too tired and they just want to lay around all day, you have to make them get up because we all know that when we get stagnant, when we get like laying around all the time, it's really hard to get back into it. So getting them up off the ground, getting them saying, hey, let's go for a walk for five minutes. Maybe five minutes every hour is what they need to do to just get up and move around. If you have severe osteoarthritis, then it hurts to move, but it hurts worse to sit still. So that's why it's more important to really move around. It's the most like it's one way that I can figure out if a dog is dealing with osteoarthritis versus soft tissue. I'm basically like, okay, well, are they painful when they do lots of exercise? And a lot of them are like, no, it's when they lay down a long time and try um, to get up. And I'm, mm -hmm, that's osteoarthritis versus, you know, if I do a lot of exercise and it's worse after exercise, it's probably more of a soft tissue injury. So that kind of history helps me out, but also tells us that just because my dog's getting old doesn't mean we need to sit around and do less. The fourth thing is mental stimulation. And I love this piece of it. Do something fun with your dog at least once a week. So that means that if they're household pets and you don't really take them for leash walks, maybe go for a short leash walk. Don't go for an hour if they're not used to going for an hour. Maybe go for five minutes or put them in the car if they like doing car rides, you know, and, and take them around for a little zip around or maybe take them over to the, the Lowe's or Home Depot where you can take dogs inside and walk them around, you know, mm -hmm. do something fun, create an adventure, um, provide mental stimulation, and that's going to keep their brain going because cognitive dysfunction is something that we deal with a lot of and that constant pacing around or maybe awake during the night hours can be signs of that. And the best way we do this to combat this in people is to do more crossword puzzles and to keep our mental stimulation going. Crossword puzzles for dogs are smells. You can get them outside, smell in all the different things. We call it P-mails, seeing what <laughs> all the other dogs left behind. 
getting them to use that olfactory bulb of their brain so that they're constantly moving and hearing and seeing and smelling and all the good stuff. So that's the thing that I like to do with my geriatrics. So those four things I think are really key to me to making sure that those senior pets are really happy. And then of course, seeing your rehabilitation veterinarian, um, if you're able to, for really probably the best physical exam, uh, musculoskeletal neurologic exam your dog's ever had. Uh, we like to take a long time. We go nice and slow and we okay. use a lot of different uh, tools for us to identify which parts of the body are, are problematic and then creating treatment plans from that, whether it be chiropractic, acupuncture, massage, we can do that. Awesome. Uh, that was so much information and, and awesome information. Thank you so much. It is so important. All right. Now it's time. We've got a question from our audience. Um, we've got Morgan. She says she has a 12-year-old pug who's suffering from DM, degenerative myelopathy. I've seen a whole bunch of videos online of dogs in water tanks and getting water therapy. Is this a good way to treat my pug? Is this something I can do at home? What is it? Yeah, we've seen tons of hydrotherapy and dogs walking in them. What is it? And, yeah. and would it help that? Yeah. So what she's probably talking about is a pug myelopathy, um, which is um, not technically the degenerative myelopathy that German shepherds and boxers get. It's actually it's degenerative in regards to multiple areas in the spinal cord that are compressed and they lose their back end. Um, I actually, I think I have four active patients, four active pugs right now that are actually wow. being treated for this. And um, yes, the treadmill is part of it. There are also other things that we do. For instance, chiropractic, laser therapy, uh, acupuncture are really wonderful for that. And we do therapeutic exercise. And I would tell you that the ones that do the best are the ones that their parents, their pet parents, are doing a really phenomenal job with their home exercises at home. So we use something a lot of the times called cavalettis, which are just step overs, and that keeps that back end moving. What a lot of these pugs will do is they'll straight leg and, and get paretic or weak in the back end, and they have trouble keeping strength. So as much as we can get them to build the strength by doing step overs over these little cavalettis is phenomenal. In the underwater treadmill, the reason we really like this is because you do build strength faster because we're walking through a resistance. So it's basically, you know, you're going through, if you've ever walked through water, you know how hard it can be, but you have resistance the entire workout, you know, versus walking on land where really minimal resistance, if you will, maybe gravity and that's about it. So walking through the water, we're able to create that resistance, build the strength. And we're, what we do at Florida Vet Rehab is we're able to um, manually gate them. So that means that we've got our hands on their feet and we're moving them through range of motion and really kind of signaling to their brain, this is how we want you to walk, which is actually called spinal walking. It may not be a true form of walking, but what they're doing is they're making connections so that they can be mobile even if they have paralysis of the spinal cord, uh, which is a really cool thing that dogs can do, people can't. And so we're able to do that in the underwater treadmill. And also treadmill for arthritic cases, which a lot of your older pugs are going to also have arthritis, creates buoyancy. So we're also kind of taking that weight off of them and it makes those joints feel a lot better. Nice warm water, walking through the water. It's lovely. 
it can be expensive if you do it every day for the length of time that that her pug's going to be alive for. You know, pugs like to live to 15, 16 years of age. So, you know, if you did that every week for that many years, it can get pricey. So starting off, what I typically tell folks we do is we get them to a point where they're manageable at home, meaning that we get them up to the level I want them to be of strength. And then I put it on the owners to try and do these exercises at home. And then I periodically will check on them. Like at home, like in the bathtub? Um, not necessarily in the bathtub. I think that's it's more therapeutic exercise on land so that oh, they it. are. Yeah, I find the bathtub to be not as beneficial as doing it in, you know, the hydrotherapy tank um, because the treadmill's moving underneath them. Right. So it's more of a walk. It's not necessarily a swim. The bathtub, it's hard to mimic that. And right. It's a little slippery. And I've seen more problems than good come with that, unfortunately. Is swimming good for a dog like that? It depends. So swimming for a dog that may have some back issues, back pain that comes along with this myelopathy, I don't find swimming to be super great for them. It does put quite the torque on the spine when their back end drops down. When done with a professional who's very knowledgeable about the disease, I'm sure it's gonna be okay with a life vest on. Okay. Um, but I like to keep their spine nice and neutral so that they're not causing more torque on the spine. The other thing is, is that swimming is a different gait than walking is. So in some of these cases, dogs that have, you know, been trained or rehabbed in a pool, they get this like different gait with their body instead of working on a spinal movement, spinal walking. And so that's the only other problem that I do see with swimming and paralysis. Uh, for recovery of a front limb injury or for cardiovascular rehabilitation, you know, trying to build up stamina, uh, yes, absolutely. I think swimming is great. So I think everything needs to be guided, you know, by a therapist who's able to evaluate the patient and then determine what treatment plan should go forth after that. Awesome. Thank you so much for the incredible information. You are such a badass. I love you. I'm so glad that I have <laughs> you, you on my wellness team for Nina. Thank you so much for taking the time to join me today. Those of you, I know we didn't mention your website. It is, what is your website? Because I can't read it on my glasses on. That's, that's okay. <laughs> it's, uh, it's FL, like the state, vetrehab.com. And she's got wonderful information on there. And if you're in Florida, she's in DeLand. It's beautiful mm -hmm. there. It's a nice little visit. Um, yeah. But thank you so much for joining me today. And I look forward to seeing you again soon. Awesome. Thanks, Angela. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Make sure to rate, comment, subscribe, and share with your friends. And if you want your questions answered live, make sure to call in to 252-377-4555. Follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and at AngelaArtolino.com. And remember, you can always sign up for a full holistic consultation at CBDDogHealth.com slash consultations. Introducing MycoDog, an award-winning line of medicinal mushroom extracts combined with adaptogens like ashwagandha, astragalus root, and bacopa monieri, made specifically for your pets. When it comes to mushrooms, sourcing really matters. Unlike other products on the market that are grown in China or elsewhere, the mushrooms in MycoDog tinctures are grown here in the United States to the highest quality standards. 
MycoDog offers three formulas designed to support senior dogs, as well as those suffering from dementia and canine cognitive disorder, breathing and respiratory issues, or autoimmune diseases and cancer. Use coupon code YNDPODCAST at MycoDog.com for 10% off these fantastic fungi.